Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. What up, Collider fans? Justin Cooper here with Dad Williams. Unfortunately, hey. Roxy Stryer could not be here today. She is busy and otherwise engaged, but Thad and I are here. We're doing a fresh episode of Collider TV Talk. So if you're tuning in to uh, Collider TV Talk, we appreciate you. Subscribe to the factory here. If you're just searching around the internet and you happen to stumble upon a show called Collider TV Talk, and you're like, oh, what's this about? And you're enjoying yourself, then uh, subscribe and tell some people and do whatever. Uh, I'm at Josh McCook on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Thad Williams on both uh, services as well, Twitter and Instagram. We're just big TV fans. We are not critics. We just love talking about television. Television, a lot of movie or uh, TV news this week, and then we'll get in some mini reviews, and then um, a couple hypothetical questions for you guys. So, sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds like a good run of show. So last week forgot uh, to put the Maisel trailer in. It just didn't pop up in my subscriber feed kind of a situation. So let's talk about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel full trailer that they released for the show coming out December sixth. So a little over a month away. Uh, it is the most wonderful time of the year. You get to watch Die Hard and Mrs. Maisel all at the same time. It's it really is. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Home Alone, Mrs. Maisel, you know, uh, Christmas and Hanukkah. Correct. There you go. They got the rabbi. Yeah. What do you think of the trailer? Uh, I think that Amazon put a lot of money into this they new sure season. Did. Holy. Yeah. Jeez. It's wow. Lot, yeah. There's a lot going on in that trailer. There's a lot of sweeping landscapes. Oh, yes. Like they're they're putting the money in. Uh-huh. And then my favorite part was at the end where they they showed like Emmy winner, Emmy winner, Emmy winner. And then it was just like nominee for the mom. <laughs> I, I felt so bad for the mom. Like, yeah, oh, the only last. I know. It was like winner, winner, winner. Yeah. Chicken dinner and <laughs> nominee. sorry. Yeah. I dude, I you know, I, one thing I took away from the trailer that I'm so glad it's not a musical. <laughs> okay? And I t- and I tell you why. Because I'm, I'm I'm watching the trailer and I'm like, "Oh, I get it. You know, they're going to treat the trailer like it's a musical. They're going to be these like Birdman one-shots and things they've gotten famous for, you know, Amy Paladin. Birdman uh, wasn't a musical. No, I'm saying about the one-shots and yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. kind of fair, stuff. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. No. Um, but uh, that 
you know, but they had this like this large big band musical number for the trailer, and I thought, good, we only get that for the trailer. The stupid show isn't a musical all the time. They're going to break into stupid songs, and it's going to ruin it for me. You just got it, and you know, you had your your quick whips in there in between. And I, what I'm really liking is that we are seeing. Uh, um, Borstein, Alex Borstein, in her role with Maisel, which is at the end of season yeah, two, is a little we didn't we lazy. didn't we didn't know how how long it would be that they'd be apart, and they do still set it up in the first trailer that she's going on tour without her, right? Without uh, without Alex Borstein, right? Um, but obviously they get back together at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So uh, I'm just I'm just so excited. I wonder if I wonder if the tour. Is going to be like the first couple episodes, kind of like last year, where the where they did uh, they they did the trip to Paris, right? In that in that like one or two episode arc at the very beginning of the show. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm just I wonder if that's the case. I what I what I have an issue with. I mean, it's a very small thing. Is how they're going to deal with the Lenny Bruce death. Yeah, what what year are we in this season? I don't know. They never really give us years. It's just a general time zone, frame, time frame. Time zone? Time I mean, there frame. are multiple time zones. Yes. Multiple time zones, general time frame. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I mean, we haven't gotten to we haven't gotten to Kennedy yet. Have not. Uh and Lenny Bruce uh didn't die 64, until right? 66. 66. Okay. So, we've got some time. So, I think they might they might move us into uh, um, closer into the Kennedy era. Okay. But I think we're still in that like happy-go-lucky, everything's Late fine 50s, 60s yeah. moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, um, yeah. before it got a little dicey. Yeah. Um, you know what? I And this is – so a lot of the – like you said, these sweeping, these huge set pieces, all this kind of stuff, Amazon obviously putting the money in. For a show like The Deuce, which seems like nobody is watching, their set pieces when they are in New York are incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, who is – for like only maybe 10 seconds of exterior? I mean HBO, they put some, they put some yeah. money in the stuff. They also – also a lot – that a lot of that might be uh, VFX a lot more than you realize. Oh. Like they might, they might be backplating a lot of the, the establishing shot. Yeah. As opposed, like they're not as opposed to like redressing Times Square to look like the '70s or early '80s. Right. Like they take they take a little bit of frame and then build out the rest. Kind of like what board, I mean, Boardwalk Empire would do that a lot on a much larger scale. Yeah. But they would, you know, a lot of their yeah, backdrop right. drops were, were VFX. Boardwalk Empire did have a ton of like VFX backdrops, and a lot of them you could tell, a lot of them you couldn't. Like, yeah, depend. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it all depends on on the lighting. I'm always impressed uh, when you have no idea. Right. Like I used to watch there was a there was a VFX artist that worked on Lost, mm. and he would publish uh, stuff on his personal site with like before and after mm-hmm. shots, and it was just like the simplest things, like erasing telephone poles and telephone wires from the island mm. that like wouldn't be there. Sure. But they're there in Hawaii, right. and so like it's just stuff that you would never notice. Like they just they just get rid of all of that. They and just, then the big sweeping stuff, sometimes you can tell like, oh, that's not really a digital – like that billboard's not really up there. Just the full Etch-a-Sketch wash. Yes. Yeah. But it depends. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, 
you know, if you guys aren't watching Mrs. Maisel, get your heads out your butts and watch it. And you're it. wrong. You're, you are wrong. You're just wrong. It's, it's not a subjective thing. It's an no. objective thing. Uh, so Jeff Loeb is out at Marvel TV after about a decade. Um, I The only time I ran into Jeff Loeb was at Comic-Con uh, the year that they released the Defenders for a full episode. Sure. During the Paul, Hall H presentation, which was a really cool presentation because John Bernthal came out, you know, teasing the Punisher and giving us a quick trailer, which was really cool. Remember when he, remember when he came out uh, dressed a, in a karate outfit for Iron Fist, and it was super awkward. So awkward. It was almost as it was almost as cringy as the series. I know. And then they announced that they were getting a season two, and like maybe an eighth. Yeah, like an eighth of the crowd was like, yeah, yeah, smattering, a smattering of applause. I think he like stood up and was like, yeah, and everybody around him was just like. Uh, he he moderated he moderated an Agents of Shield panel I went to in New York Comic Con a couple years ago. The actor did? No, Jeff Loeb did. Oh, Jeff Loeb did. And it was hella awkward. Really? Like, he's just an awkward dude. No, yeah, totally. Um, and I've never seen more awkward pictures than the red carpet <laughs> pictures of Jeff Loeb at the Inhumans premiere. I said it on Collider Live. It's like all these pictures got posted and Jeff Loeb just like knowing full well that he was about to release a just maelstrom of terrible onto the comic yeah. book watching public. Yeah. Because Inhumans was brutal. Inhumans coming soon to Disney Plus. <laughs> it's on. Is. It's on Disney Plus. Yes. If you want to relive the magic. So basically, what I, what I get out of this is Jeff Loeb stepping aside. I'm sure he's doing fine, and he's got he's moving to something else because uh, he's always had his hands in other producing of other things. Is now that Kevin Feige is rolling Marvel TV into the MCU and a Disney Plus that uh, all of those TV shows that may have stunk, they're either going <laughs> to reboot or or like repurpose if you will, into some of the MCU. That's my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they we have to we have to wait. The waiting period for Netflix has to happen first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's like a two-year moratorium before they like get that, control yeah. of those characters again. Uh, Unfortunately, you can't do that with hosts. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, send them into the Spider-Verse. But <laughs> the... Uh, the other shows, I mean, I don't think anyone's touching Shield, and that's technically always been part of the MCU. It's just going to end. It's and that's going to end. It's going right. to it's going to like they they have one final season and they're ending their arc. Uh, Phil Coulson will probably never make another appearance in. You don't the, think so? MCU? No, because I mean, spoiler alert: he dies in Avengers mm-hmm. and then is brought to life in uh, in the pilot of Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, through a lot of mechanisms that are too long to enumerate. Uh, and then the only time that he's been in the movies since then was when he showed up Flashbacks. in Captain Marvel right. in the 90s. So it's possible that if they do another flashback episode mm-hmm. – uh, I say episode because let's be honest – flashback film inside the MCU that he might make another appearance. But I think it would be just a glorified cameo. Uh, yeah, I'm probably with you on that. Uh, okay, so okay. I think the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. verse is done. Obviously, we found out a few weeks ago that – the uh, Ghost Rider is done. Yeah. They they scrapped that all together. Totally unfortunate. Yeah, I mean he was great on the great. show. He was absolutely great on the show, but he had a beginning, middle, and end. He and did. they wanted to reboot the character with him there, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. Like mm-hmm. they the creative differences, they they didn't come to a deal. So we're not going to see that. They've announced the cast for Hellstrom. Hellstrom's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, whatever it looks like, who knows. But I don't see like I don't see Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways or any no, of those other no, no, no. any of those other characters making their way into the into Feige's MCU. I, like, I forget about them because it's it's such teen stuff. Right, right, and yeah. and so I don't see any of that stuff happening. I could see a scenario where maybe 
Feige figures out a way to create a separate MCU for different types of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they're trying to figure that out with Deadpool. Like they're trying to figure out where does Deadpool fit into the larger MCU? Like, does he still have an R-rated movie and then he pops up into a PG-13 film? Right, 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 right. How right. does that? How does that happen? Uh, maybe there's a way that they can do that on the television side where they can still do a dark and gritty TV show that references the MCU, but if they ever were to pop into the movies, they just would, you know, talk a little bit nicer and and suddenly not draw as much blood when they punch somebody. Right, 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 right. So maybe there's a way maybe there's a way for that to happen. I mean there's so many characters and there's yeah. so many so much stuff that we've seen. I mean, I, it would have been great if like we never got the season two of Agent Carter, and then we we get Agent Carter on Disney yeah. Plus, kind of a situation. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, they I mean, they've basically said that the television side is going to stop live action. Hellstrom is the is the last one, right? So Marvel Television is just going to be animated, right? So oh, no, no, I knew that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah. So in that respect, it's like they're really kind of getting rid of these side stories, which is kind of unfortunate because I feel like. There is a market for the teen stuff like Marvel's sure. Runaways uh, or the darker stuff like the Netflix MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are just going to kind of just be – that money is going to be devoted to side characters from the films that are then going to get their miniseries Disney Plus style. Right, 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 right. Which, you know, at the end of the day, like would you – if you're going to devote $200 million to a Disney Plus series, does it make sense to do that for an Agent Carter? Right. Or does that make sense to do it for a Hawkeye, someone that can like – is like Except on a poster – on yeah. the poster for one of the big movies. Right, 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 so right, right. they have to look at it in the business sense of that. And so I, I, I can see where that makes more sense. No, I got you. But sorry, Jeff. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. <laughs> End of that story. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so Elizabeth Banks and, and this – she's doing a – like a – she's producing. Pitch, she's per, not, Pitch Perfect 4? Pitch Perfect 4. Uh, the series. Oh, sorry. That's called Perfect Harmony. Burn. Dang. Um, Perfect Harmony. Did they cancel Woof. that yet? No. Mm. Evil got picked up for a season two already. Really? The the one starring Luke Cage himself, uh, yeah. Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter. Huh? Um, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a now here the reason I put this in here. So Elizabeth Banks is producing this alongside a couple other people. Whatever. No casting notice. Whatever. But it's been picked up. It's on network TV, and it's about. Uh, people that are social media influencers getting blackmailed. Interesting. Is it? I mean... Do, am I supposed to care about social media influencers? No, but we, we are, we're kind of too close to that world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And I'm not saying that we're social media influencers. I'm saying that we, we know, know them. We know people who know people. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that we when you look at it from the larger public like the professional influencer mm-hmm. is kind of it's interesting today's version of you know like the 15 minutes of fame kind of person like if it's you're looking it's a good point so i can understand where they would necessarily look to them as we want characters that have flexible schedules mm-hmm. high income and are pretty people mm-hmm. Bef- five years ago, you would just make them trust fund kids and mm-hmm. it, like Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Gossip Girls. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, but like, Gilmore na- Girl. not yet. Gossip Girl. Excuse me. I mean, the, the parents did have money. Her parents did have money. 
Laura Graham's parents that have money, member, and then she was she opened the shop and she didn't yeah. want to live off her parents' money, so her and Rory were things. But then Rory got a bunch of money from the. I'm just going into Gilmore Girls. Now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there, but uh, but yeah. So Gossip Girl, they were all just trust fund kids, right. OC, same kind of thing. Right. Now, now if they can make them influencers, and from a storytelling perspective, I think that's more interesting because they don't all have to come from the same background. Right. You can make you can have sport, people on the, the same fashion, level. Makeup. Yeah. You can have people on the same level uh, in terms of their like class status mm-hmm. that one of them might have grown up rich, one of them might not have, and they can now be seen as equals in their current profession. Right, right, so, right, right, right. Okay. I don't know. I, what, listen, is the show going to be good? I don't knows? think so. But <laughs> listen, you never Dad, know. You always come at it from a very intelligent angle, and I appreciate that. Usually me, I'm like, eh, and you're like, you know what, Josh? If it's you called it Mavenhood. Way, Mavenhood. Why, why Mavenhood? Is that the I, name of the town? I don't know, but Mavenwood, which sounds like more of a CW show, like, welcome to Mavenwood. Is everybody a vampire or is everybody just hot? Tune in to see. And then it's just both. Ooh, sorry. Uh, I just saw some breaking news. Oh, uh, you want to know who just joined the Punky Brewster reboot? Who? Freddie Prince Jr. Get the farts out of here. That's awesome. Yeah, I love FPJ. Man, I'm a big fan. Huge fan. I loved his he's Star a nice Wars dude, thing, too. and he's the nicest guy. He really, I is. did love his Star Wars thing. Yeah. And if you didn't, sorry. Yeah, uh, but I did. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he's gonna play Punky's ex-husband. Oh, Mr. Brewster. Love what it. What if his name was? Uh, Funky with a PH. Funky Brewster. Ooh. What sorry. I'm seeing more casting more news. news and it's exciting me. Uh, guest stars for Space Force. Yeah. Noah Emmerich. Whoa. Our and, boy. And Fred friggin' Willard. Whoa. Fred. I bet he's like the, the uh, maybe the uh, He's going to play Steve Carell's dad. Yeah. I was just going to say. He's going to play Steve Carell's dad and that makes me so happy. Aging astronaut Steve Carell's dad. I love Fred Willard That's so much. Great. Oh, me too. He's a national treasure. Yeah. From both nations, because I think he's Canadian, but I could be I, making that it up. It makes sense if he's Canadian. He kind of I feel, feels Canadian to me. Uh, he's great as Phil's dad in he, Modern Family. Yes, he is. Really is. I love him as Phil's dad. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, Johnny Galecki sold an esports comedy uh, to with the guy, one of the producers of uh, Big Bang Theory uh, or writer of Big Bang Theory. And the funny thing that I got out of this is, is that amongst – I think one of the quotes in the article is like, Amongst other esports comedies sold this year, so this must have been the pitch this year. It was like, so it's an esports team, yeah, and it's a comedy about esports. I was like, oh yeah. So every network, every production company bought up some sort of esports comedy, right? And see, that's the that's the opposite example from the influencer thing. Like, right. I think we're far enough away from that wave where every every sitcom pilot had to be about an influencer. Yes, that. Clearly, yeah. Now the new the the new trend is the esports because esports are very popular. They're very popular, and I can understand where you would want to to create something like that because you can easily create a it, diverse group of people totally. that play them. And it's it's a it's a multicam. Now here's of my, course it is. It's a multicam. But if you look at it, what is Silicon Valley if not an esports comedy? When you think about it, they're, they all started in. I mean, they're all like a team developing yeah. a technology. Do you know what I mean? It has an esports comedy feel to it. It's actually like without this, the multicam situation. Up right. All, it's hysterical. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like honestly, this sounds like the Big Bang Theory. I'm just going to say, and that. they're just going to sub e-sports. them being professors for being uh, sport uh, esports players. Yes, like famous esporters. Yeah. 
being like developing games or video games, yada, yada, yada. They're calling it the squad. Oh, come on, guys. Hashtag the squad. That's going to be a no for me, squad. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, This is awesome news. Michael Mann is going to direct the pilot for that Tokyo Vice on HBO Max. That is awesome That's news. awesome, right? That is awesome Ken news. Watanabe, Ansel Elgort. Dude, the only thing that can make me more excited is if Michael Mann – because he's stepping on an executive producer. If Michael Mann influenced directing-wise the rest of the show because this feels like the perfect Michael Mann project. His, his vision, his grittiness of directing between film and video and how he like – you know how Michael Mann creates stuff. This is the perfect kind of situation yeah. for me when I see Michael Mann's name attached to something. Well, and I mean it's based on a book yeah. that borrowed uh, their title from his show, Miami Vice. Right. So it makes perfect sense. Totally. Like the connections are abundant. And yeah, I mean I, I'm trying to think the last Michael Mann movie I really loved. Collateral? Collateral is probably the last one. I'm trying to think if there was something past that. But I'm I mean I did it. Here's the thing. I think Miami Vice got a bad rap because that was right in the time of the douchebag um, uh, like revolution where everybody was saying Colin Farrell was a douchebag. Yeah. And fair. he did not have a good reputation. Then all of a sudden he became like the best – one of the best actors in Hollywood with you know Mr. Banks, uh, True Detective Season 2, anything that he touched for like a 10-year period over like the last 10 years. And he's really re- remade his image. Yeah. Right? And also I think that – them trying to make Miami Vice super gritty in that situation didn't work because I think what they wanted, what people wanted was a bad boys movie out of Miami Vice. But that's definitely not what you got. Yeah. And Michael Mann's directing style is a little too unpop culture for a pop culture movie. That's just my thought. Yeah, that's fair. I think I I think they put Michael Mann in there and he wanted to make his movie and they wanted a Michael Bay film. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well they, said. They, 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 they got the wrong Michael. You just, but, you just said what I said in 400 words. You said in six. So thanks that. <laughs> it's like name that tune. Boom. Uh, I, yeah, I'm looking at his resume here. Collateral, I think by definition was the last good movie he made because okay. after that he did Miami Vice uh, Public Enemies Ooh, with rough. Johnny Depp. And then – Hey, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Oh, God. Oh, was it, was, it was rough. Yeah. Uh, and then Black Hat. That was the Chris Hemsworth hacker movie. Oh, yeah. Where he was like doing the typing. <laughs> so good. It was so bad. It was so bad. So bad. Uh, he also – but he did do the pilot for Luck, which was that ill-fated I watched, horse drama. I watched that. All, every episode of that show. And then it got canceled after the horses was, started dying. Yeah. And now, now we know it wasn't necessarily the show's fault. No, it's Santa Anita. It's Santa Anita's fault. But mm-hmm. uh, it, come at me, Santa Anita. Oh, come yeah. on. Jeez. Come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> like they need more bad press. <laughs> Local racetrack attacks blonde podcast host. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Tokyo Vice. I, I want to see what, what kind of stamp he puts on it yeah. from a visual standpoint. Dude, you know, I, okay. So moving on to the next story, real. Uh, I, you should play Jared Harris in Chernobyl for Halloween. You should be Jared Harris in Chernobyl. For Halloween. I can't do that good of a British accent though. But he did. I can't do the British accent. I can't do the British accent. But I could do it as just saying I'm going to give up on doing accents and just say like. I'm Jared Harris. Dude, I like that the, like two people would actually really enjoy that costume. Like the only two other people that watch Chernobyl in this, I was like, wait, is he Jared Harris from Chernobyl? He, he is. Yeah, he most definitely yeah. is. That's a, that's a deep. That's a deep cut. Deep cut. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so there's this uh, some crazy real like a sci-fi. I've never heard of it. It's called the Foundation. 
Lee Pace and Jared Harris, speaking of Jared Harris, uh, are going to be the star of this. Now, apparent, it sounds legitimately exactly like like Star Wars. Well, it's it's based on an Isaac Asimov trilogy, right? Okay. Novel trilogy, which spoiler alert: neither of us have read. Mm-hmm. But, but, Shocker! Uh, but uh, yeah, I. It's a band of exiles who discover that the only way to save the galactic empire from destruction is to defy it. I wonder where George came up with the name. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, the current emperor is going to be played by Lee Pace. Uh, I'm, I'm sold. I love you Lee just, Pace. You just, you just sold me right there in that sentence because yep. Lee Pace is a just wonderful actor. Okay. And he needs to be doing more stuff. Look at what our alumnus alumni – yeah, alumni from one of the greatest shows ever, and you and I will both agree with this. This is the greatest show. <laughs> no. No. I hate that movie. Go on. Halt and catch fire. Yes. Okay. Mackenzie Davis crushing it in Terminator Dark Fate right now. Crushing it. I'm hearing she's the breakout person yep. in this film. Scoot McNary about to destroy the next season of Narcos. Yes. Lee Pace in Foundation and everything else that he touches pretty much turns yep. to gold. Uh, our girl Anna Klumsky, who was in the last season of Halt and Catch Fire, or last two, season and a half, whatever. Uh, obviously, it was fantastic in Veep. And from what I understand, she's she has her hands in some kind of project. I don't know the name of it, but I saw her name attached to something. I can't remember what it is. And and we haven't seen Carrie Bichet in anything in a while. But right now, I have I imagine Carrie Bichet is going to explode with something. Set. She is in the, uh, the spinoff Penny Dreadful show. I just Boom. looked it up. There you uh, go. She's playing Sister Molly. Dude, I love Carrie Bichet. She's great. Hold and Catch Fire. She's I, I mean, the, the four of them, it was like the just an incredible acting. And lest we forget, Toby Huss yeah. has been popping up all over the place. All over the he's place. He's in Gemstones. He's in Dickinson. Uh, oh, is he in Dickinson? I saw him in the Dickson, Dickinson trailer this morning. Oh, he's playing her dad. Nice. Dom Dickinson. Yeah. Is that his name? I, I don't know. I don't know. Papa Dickinson. Papa. Pa- Papa. 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 Papa, no. Papa. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then who's who's Harris going to play? Harris is going to play a mathematical genius who's predicting the demise. Uh, Harris is very good at predicting demises. What do you do in Mad Men? Predicted demises. Yep. What do you do in Chernobyl? Predicted demises. He, run, he, doing he runs in with a file folder and is yeah. like, I, there's a problem. I'm Jared Harris. I can't do the Jared. I want to no. like work on my Jared Harris impression. <laughs> or you should. For I mean, you got a week to work on it. I, I'm not oh, going to any Halloween those, parties. you got those big glasses. Just come to the office dressed as Jared Harris. All you need <laughs> is the glasses and like a, a lab coat. And yeah. Oh, uh, man. What was it? He wasn't. He was Duck, right? On uh, no, he, he was. Duck, right? um, what was his Sterling name on the Cooper, show? Draper Price was he? Yeah, Price? he was Price. That's what I thought. He, he was, was Price. Price. Yeah, yeah. Now Duck was um, the guy who hung himself. No, well, no, that was Jared Harris. Jared Harris did hang himself. You're right. Spoiler alert: If you haven't watched Mad Men yet, <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, Duck but, was the one that was in love with Peggy. Right? Yeah, yeah, with the drinking problem. Yeah, well, and the yeah. dog. Right. Yeah. Right. And the wife. Yes. Was yeah. the wife played by Allison Janney? No. <sighs> I don't. That's not did right. we see the wife? I one one time. I think you oh, see the wife. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that was Allison, but I could be wrong. Uh, our final uh, news piece. You put this in at the end. I did not see this coming. Kurt Sutter got fired for being an abrasive dick. His words. Yeah. On Mayans. Uh, yeah, yeah. So at the beginning of season two, he said he was stepping away mm-hmm. at uh, the end of the show. Okay. And he was going to pass the season end of the season. He was going to pass it off to Elgin James, okay. who is the showrunner. Uh-huh. Uh, they were working on it together. Um, he wanted. He said that it was quote time for the white guy in the room to leave. Uh-huh. Uh, wanted them to be able to tell their own stories. Uh, so he was stepping away. Mm-hmm. And then it came out on 
Friday, I think, of last week that they had an internal investigation and complaints came from the writer's room, the production team and the cast that he that his behavior was toxic. Uh, So they they decided to let him go. He wrote a letter uh, that then was published about in his words that he had been an abrasive dick for a long time. And that's kind of his style. And he completely understood. uh, He he hopes the show continues and he hopes because it hasn't gotten officially gotten a pickup. He hopes it continues and they he wishes everyone well. But then he came out with a second letter. Oh, please do go on. The second letter, which he sent to his buddies at Deadline, uh, because they always write. Very uh, positive stuff. For sure him. do. Sure uh, do. So he sent them a letter and basically laid his firing at the foot of his former uh, cohorts at FX, who are now working for FX Disney, John Landgraf and uh, Dana Walden, mm-hmm. saying that they basically just pushed him out and they found a bunch of uh, they made up a bunch of stuff to get rid of him. That really? like that he he th- he feels that they working for Disney did not want him around because they saw him as a liability, huh. and he also blames himself for pulling himself out of the show too early and leaving the, leaving the show. What he he basically claimed that when he wasn't there, the show was rudderless and sutterless, sutterless and rudderless. Mm-hmm. And then when he showed up two or three times on set, that it was uh, became problematic because he'd be or- making orders. And they wouldn't know who to listen to. So who knows who's telling the truth? Both times it's him, though. It's like he said one story and then he said another story. I don't know who to believe. I don't really care. I just think this is interesting. Yeah. He's always been an abrasive dick in all of his public appearances. So Has this, he? I don't know. He is – I've never, I've never really paid much attention to Kurt Sutter, the person, as opposed to – you know, Kurt, well, he was great in his limited roles on on Sons of Anarchy. I, mean, I love Sons of Anarchy. Right. I guess I just never really paid attention until he, he his quick follow up to Sons of Anarchy was that ridiculous bastard executioner, <sighs> which was horrendous. Horrendous. I mean, it was really really bad TV. There's there's few TV shows you can like say within the first fifteen minutes that you know this is effing brutal. Yeah. And that was bastard executioner. Uh, so I don't know, but I have always had this thing. I think it's kind of like. All right, so I know you don't watch it, but I've watched every season of Last Chance U, right? Mm-hmm. And you saw these two very abrasive football coaches that were just, for all intents and purposes, just assholes. They were just mean-spirited, not good people, and they were shaping the lives of men that really needed help. They didn't need this kind of yelling and whatever. Gotcha. I think the old school like yelling, being the abrasive dick, being what was um, – uh, that stupid last tycoon being the Kelsey Grammer, like the old school studio heads, like, listen, broad, take off your panties if you want to be in this movie, right? That whole notion of being just like better than and bigger yeah. than yeah. is not healthy. It doesn't help people work creatively. We figured this out as a people. As we've gone on as a people, we've learned to become a little more sensitive, sometimes in good times, sometimes in bad ways, right? Like either overly sensitive or just underly sensitive. There's got to be this middle ground we have to reach as a people. And Kurt Sutter being an abrasive dick doesn't help anything. No. People being in fear of somebody doesn't help anything. If you're a dictator and you're keeping all your people in fear, eventually they're going to revolt. We've seen that like time and time again. They're going to revolt. So the fact that he said he was being an abrasive dick, okay, fine. Yeah. But if somebody's going to fire you for being an abrasive dick, maybe you should change your behavior. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, yeah, he is what he is who he is. Uh, he's been pretty open about it like I, I used to read he used to ha- have a 
blog that he would post throughout the entire production of Sons. Oh shit! And so I was would read all of his like behind the scenes stories, and he was very open with the fact that he was like, it's like I it's like I lost my cool during this scene, and right. I did like you know he was open about his problems, like he acknowledges them, but he doesn't necessarily try to fix them. Mm-hmm. So and and then he also. Played, placed a little blame on the second season. He felt – he was saying in his words in that second article that the second season uh, that the network was noting them up the ass. Uh, I think that oh, was also his phrase. Of um, Sons. Uh, no, of Mayans. Oh, of Mayans. And right. giving them, giving them, uh, g- giving them uh, notes that they didn't want and that, was, that were creating a dumber version of the show. Really? Personally, I think that this season is better than season one. I'm I'm 100 with you. So maybe he just maybe the show started changing for the better, and he didn't like it, mm-hmm. and that became that kind of snowballed some of some of the the arguing behind the scenes. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, but uh, I'm actually really enjoying the show. I, I I told you this morning. I, I, I I'm going to go home and watch me. I, I I caught it. I caught up. Uh, last night, and I really enjoyed the episode. Okay. Uh, some some crazy stuff went down. Awesome. So no, dude, I think this season's been great. I I, I like the um, I just like the storylines. I, I really yeah. do. Like I'm, I and I think all the acting is fantastic. I love the relationship of Easy and his brother. I, I actually I've like started to love the Mayans. I think yeah. without Alvarez. I've like I've really kind of loved the Mayans more, but I love the fact that Alvarez like realizes that he maybe should have never left the Mayans. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I, I, I love I love you know what I love that we're getting to in this season, and you know it's going to come back. And don't spoil it if it did come back. But that uh, the Crotch Rocket Gang, the like the gym. Oh gang yeah, in yeah, yeah, County yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff's great. I mean, at the at the at its core, and I think anyone that worked on the show would probably agree with it. Sons and Mayans are soaps. Yes, with a lot of like machismo violence on top of it 100 and i like i was watching it last night and like you know in between the big motorcycle chases and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like it's just two people talking and they're talking about family and brotherhood and right. and you know drama and who said what to who and who's really the baby daddy and all this kind of stuff right uh and it's you know it's soapy conversation it's it's dramatic melodramatic conversation and it Pulls at you, and I think when they you, when they do it well, it's really entertaining. Yes, when they don't do it well, it's the final two seasons of Sons, Sons. and it just gets a little too much. And every episode ends with a three minute musical montage, which is just Jack's humping. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had it on before dinner, and they started play like playing some like guitar strums yeah. leading into the opening titles, and Amanda from the other room goes, "Why isn't they playing porn music?" <laughs> and I was like, "It's not porn, I swear." I'm not watching porn. She's like, it sounds like porn music. Amanda was on the couch. Uh, I was on Monday because the deuce comes out on Monday. Yeah. And so I'm watching the deuce and Amanda's like on her phone. She's on her computer. She's doing some work. And all of a sudden she like looks up. It's just a porn scene. And she's like, what the fuck is this? What are you watching? It's the deuce on HBO. She's like, it's not porn. I was like, wow, it's kind of close. It's not porn. It's It's, HBO. That was a great, I think it was a funnier die sketch with all the actors that getting the auditions for HBO shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of HBO shows, let's get into some mini reviews. The long awaited premiere of Watchmen debuted this past Sunday. Thad, I uh, loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I freaking loved the show. I loved it. And I you know me. Yeah. I was very I didn't know which way you had gone, to be completely honest with you. I didn't know which way you were landing on this one. No, I don't know anything about the graphic novel. Yeah. I, I've only watched twenty minutes of the movie, didn't really do it for me in the first twenty minutes. I just kinda I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. So I quit it. Sure. Um and I 
loved this show. I did not see how it was going to end. I think the opening nine minutes, maybe yeah. eight yeah. minutes, yeah. Or however long it was with the, the riots in Tulsa. Yeah. One of the coolest, most stressful 90 minutes opening of a show you'll ever see. Yeah. Nine minutes. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Incredible. And then following that up with the traffic stop, which was equally stressful and throwing your mind in a complete like mind F, like you don't know what's going on. Totally. And it was like – It's a weird utopian, dystopian, normal looking future. Yeah. yeah. But it takes place now. It's And you see the flag – Different with all like we have more stuff, and then they mention something uh, that it's like a total throwaway sort of. Which she's in the class, and she's like, "Was that before or after Vietnam became a state?" And yeah, yeah, Vietnam's a state. It's yeah, yeah, and and, and they did feels like? they did a good job Go of reminding you of some of those plot points from the book. Yes, so that for people that didn't know the facts, they catch you up immediately, mm-hmm. and if you do, then it's like fun little Easter eggs. Yes, which I thought they did a really good job of weaving those together. Uh, I loved. Regina King. Oh, yeah. She's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I actually really enjoyed her relationship with her husband because here's what I thought. I thought the husband was going to be like, you know, you're going to go out and fight crime more. I thought it was going to be one of those like whiny kind of like the husband doesn't support her. But clearly the husband supports her. Yeah. And it's Yaya. Yeah. And he's great. Fantastic. I was was like, I'm glad that he's going to be. I hope we see more of him throughout the season. I agree. Uh, Your your friend Frances Fisher's in the show. She is. Frances Fisher. And she gets some some good play in the the This Season On trailer at the end of the episode. I think she, I mean, she's not a major character, but I'm pretty sure she's in every episode. She's going to pop around, I think. So, and, and Jeremy Irons. I don't – I have no – again, yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know what the hell he is, but I'm interested. You're here for the ride. You will never see a better ever performance of somebody not enjoying the cake they just ate. <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. In the history of movies and TV because you could overact that and just be like ah. – but he was just like – Right, and then he just pushes, pushes the it cake to the aside. side. Yes. It was brilliant. Yeah, I wonder if they like put some soap in there or uh, something, or or him. if Jeremy's like, "No, I got this." Yeah, I got this. I'm a master. Yeah, uh, I- <laughs> just awesome. And you know, Tim Blake Nelson never gets enough credit when he's in stuff. Agreed. But he listen. He's only in the pilot for what six minutes total. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on in this pilot. The rest of the time, he has a silver mask over his face, which I'm guessing he can see through and breathe through. I mean, I'm assuming so, right? right. <laughs> I mean, or he's just walking around aimlessly, like, oh, oh, or he's Daredevil. Oh, oh, <laughs> or he's oh, Daredevil. What? oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm in the wall. What's going on? Ah, uh, sorry. I keep hitting the wall. Did I touch your boob? I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but he's. Tim Blake Nelson is great. I'm I'm so enthralled by this show. Yeah. From beginning to end, I was on the edge of my seat and I didn't think I would be. I thought I'd be bored. I thought I, I would just wouldn't like it. And the the next on – and I will say the genius thing that HBO do, did, which a lot of shows don't do, is that the only thing you see in the t- trailer for the whole season before the show let up was in the pilot except for like one scene. Uh, they didn't give away anything that wasn't in the pilot. Yeah. Which I which I love. Me too. And I also I don't know I'm just so enthralled by all this. Like I I started doing the deep dive. And if uh, if you're if you if you loved the book uh, like me, but maybe you don't remember every single factoid that the book left you with because mm-hmm. I was I was starting to get like I was starting to get that haze where it was like wait was this from the movie or the book like like because mm-hmm. the movie doesn't end the same way that the book does and they're following the canon of the book mm-hmm. so. Does the whole book take place in Tulsa? No. No, no, oh. no. No. It's New York. Oh. And so a lot of the events that end the book 
And this is a sequel to the book, correct? Correct. That's yeah. what we're the saying. The book yeah. takes place in 85. Uh-huh. And so they th- th- there's there's a tease like at the end of the book, Robert Redford's running for president. Right. Now we know that he's been president for, like for 30. 30 years. Yeah. And and so we're living in in the 80s version of a liberal utopia as the flipping of the pendulum from Nixon who was in power for a long time after yeah. they won the Vietnam War. Right. He stayed in power. Uh-huh. Uh and so Watergate never happened. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of really interesting layers there. Yeah. And so HBO actually put out a little compendium uh, thing. Huh. That online? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little online. I, I tweeted it out. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a nerd like me and you want to get into it, like, it's like supporting documents that are like archives that kind of fill in the gaps of like what happened in between the end of the book and the beginning of the show. Oh, okay. Like why aren't there cell phones? Why is everyone afraid of lithium batteries? So they explain a lot of that stuff. Like they drop enough hints in the dialogue, I think, that you can follow along. Yeah, well, because he says like it was filled with watch batteries. Which one? Like, those ones that were dangerous or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, that, like, yeah. The ones that nobody uses anymore. Exactly. Because all the technology in the original book uh, was traced back to Dr. Manhattan. Right. And when and he's a bad guy. And now they, th- they see him as like – a superpower gone wrong kind of thing. Uh-huh. So they reject in the nineties they rejected all the technology Got advances it. that he that he had. And I saw some like quick thing that was like Dr. Manhattan on Mars and it looked like he was building something yeah. and then it collapsed. Yeah, at the end at the end of the book he just kind of like goes to Mars. F's off and goes to Mars and never to never return. Hmm. And and so he's still there. But uh, and so there, yeah. I guess there's like a 24 seven cam just watching him. Yeah, it's I, like I love all those little touches of like it's that it's that beautiful world building that I think Damon is really good at of like mm-hmm. taking the source material, saying like, all right, that this is how it ended here. Mm-hmm. What would now? What would that look like today? Yeah. Like to make that jump from like where would we be? From this moment in now in our present, mm-hmm. and so making the story about race, I think is a very interesting twist because it was the the fear of nu- of nuclear meltdowns in the eighties yeah. and nuclear war. Now it's the fear of homegrown terrorism and race riots yeah. rearing their ugly head again. And I think that that you know obviously speaks to our time, sure but does. also also makes for a very interesting hero and villain dichotomy that yeah, we're man. getting into. I mean, it's like this reminds me a it's lot. Awesome. It reminds me a lot of what I thought we were going to get from Man in the High Castle after season 1. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? The first season of Man in High Castle is effing genius. Mm-hmm. Season 2, I loved. And then season 3, it took a weird turn for me. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I don't like it. Right. It's just it took a weird turn for me and Lindelof rarely takes the weird turn. Like it's pretty consistent. Like leftovers, really consistent all the way. Yeah. And you still were left with a weird taste in your mouth after the finale. Like, is she telling the truth? Is that what happened? We don't know for sure. We'll never see it. We don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm hooked. I mean, this just got me twenty minutes in. I was done. Yeah. I mean, even eight minutes in after yeah. the Tulsa thing and then yeah. with the cop and everything. Well, he and, sees the Rorschach mask. And that Tulsa thing, it's like the beauty of that is like, you know, all of the the um the 
blissfully clueless white dudes uh, that you and I are. Like, I didn't know that that was, that was real. an actual event. Me neither. Uh, as soon as I started reading, it, I was like, oh, you know, I have heard about, like, I recognize, like, Greenwood, I think is the name of the town. Okay. It's like, I, like I've, I've recognized that this was part of it, but, like, I missed that part of the history lesson. That there and was a plane dropping bombs is crazy. Like a crop duster. Yeah, yeah. That was the, Amanda was like, what is that plane there? I was yeah. like, I, like, they got a plane off the farm and they, like, threw grenades. Threw grenades. Like, it's effing crazy. Yeah. And then to, sh- so to, to, to jolt us into that, that real world, traumatic history event yeah. like just horrible horrible event Awful. and then and then jump 100 years jump 100 years into the future and go, take us into the alternate history or the alternate reality that we're in now yeah. uh i'm i'm so there redford parations is that what they called them yes redford parations yes, yes. Yeah. and yeah uh, which i thought was a real it's all, a very very interesting show man it the, the the layers are there's a lot of onion layers to un, to peel off in this really and i is. can't wait to see what they do in episode two i oh, i'm psyched i'm psyched. i'm so there uh have you watched any of living with yourself i have not okay i'm uh i watched the pilot and uh, like about halfway through the second episode i, I will finish this i think how it's, many it's eight Eight, eight half hours? Eight half hours. Okay. So it's a pretty easy binge. I, I definitely will finish it. Which Paul Rudd do you prefer? I don't know yet. Okay. I, I'm not deep enough into it. Uh, I will say that I love the actress that plays his wife. Uh, she's British and apparently she has been in like a decent amount of stage plays and some stuff in England. But I've never seen her before. But I think she's she's very talented. Uh, I, I can't say how much I recommend this yet. But I will say after the pilot – I'm very, very intrigued. Okay. So let's just say my it's it's not a ten like it was with Watchmen. Maybe it's a six and a half, seven. Okay. All right. I mean, for a Netflix sitcom thing, I think that that's or I I, I sitcom. Call... Sitcom might be might be the wrong word, but it's a com- a comedy. You know what I would call it? A sci-fi comedy. Okay. Interesting. That's what I would call it. Intriguing. Yes. Uh, so I finished on Becoming a God in Central Florida. I know Roxy did. Did you? I did. You did. I did. I watched. I watched the last two back to back over the weekend. So. I will say overall, yeah. the series for me was a solid eight. That's seven, seven and a half, maybe 7.8. Okay. Like right okay. in the middle between seven and a half and eight. Okay? Fair enough. Uh, and I think what took me out a well, little bit was like the final 10 minutes of the show. And not in a way, and, and I feel like a Star Wars fan in this situation. Like <laughs> what I wanted to happen was this, and what happened was this. And unfortunately, because I wanted this to happen, I didn't necessarily love what did happen. But now that I look back on it, I actually really appreciate what happened because now we get like a because I didn't know what the show would look like if they got a season two, if it goes to a season two, what the show would look like if it ended how I wanted it to end. Right? But because it ended how it ended, now I can see a season two. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't remember Luke Skywalker being in the finale, so I'm very confused. <laughs> uh, Kristen Dunst makes out with Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do remember that yeah. scene. Yeah, duh. yeah. now that you bring it up. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, it was, it was a f- – And I know Roxy enjoyed it. force acting. Roxy uh, enjoyed it. She Roxy enjoyed it. Say maybe she probably liked it more than I did. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay. I, I, think, I think I'd give the season as a whole like an eight and a half. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed how friggin' weird it was. Me too. It got trippy. Trippy. Uh, and but like off the walls wacky. It started pretty strong for mm-hmm. me. The A story I think was strong all the way through. The B stories kind of had varying degrees of stuff that I, I really grew to really like. Uh, the Cody. I did too. I didn't start off liking Cody. Did not. But really I didn't. but I grew I grew to really enjoy him. I, I love his line when he's like, "Can't wait to see the next season." Me too. 
Did they get a season two? Yes. Oh, they did. Yes. Awesome. And Showtime's going to produce the whole season. Fantastic. Uh, so it honestly made me want to go to a water park. To be honest with you, <laughs> I never. I I don't. You're want, not a water park. I don't guy. want those germs. Um, the uh, I I think that first of all, I'd never seen that kid, Cody, the kid that plays uh, Cody Bonar. Apparently, I think he's in. Um, I think he's in that movie, uh, the Taron Egerton movie. Or, I'm sorry, the Joel Edgerton movie. Uh, no, the one he directed, uh, Boy Erased. Uh, I never saw it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it either. I think he plays, uh, I think he, pl- I think he plays Lucas Hedges, um, uh, one of his love interests in the, in the film, but I could be. So. But here's the but thing. But this was the first time I've seen him in Awesome anything. character arc. Uh, Josh Fadum, who played um, the other guy's crony, had a, it was, uh, he's a comic that I've known for a long time. The kid, the kid who ends up on the crutches. Yeah. He, he had a very funny arc. They, the, the rivalry between two pyramid schemers, I kind of wish they would have brought in a little earlier, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy where they did put it in because this was Kirsten Dunst's story. Uh, I... I think that Cody had the incredible character arc because you didn't like him at first. You really no. did not like him. But no. then, then he became – not I don't want to say a martyr, but he came, became like very likable. Yeah. Because Kirsten Dunst was treating him like such shit that then when it came around, you were kind of like, OK, I think I'd like Cody. And then Mary Steenburgen is his mom, but he had the greatest line in the last one when they're talking about a job. And he's like, I've never had a job. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Because fam's not a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fam is not a job, and yeah. and I th- I think he's a great window into into the uh, the blind uh, like the blind following faith of pyramid schemes. Yeah, yeah, and and then and I honestly stand out this season, Mel Rodriguez. Oh my god! Like I've always been a fan of his. Uh, I mean. Uh, from Last Better Man Call Saul, Nat, Last Man Out on Earth. I mean, he's done some really good stuff over yeah. the years. Uh, he, he had some arcs in this season that are tip top. And Ted Levine, <sighs> yes. I thought Ted Levine was just going to be off on the sidelines doing the voiceover. Yeah. Like he shows up in the pilot and we weren't really going to see him again. That's it. But then when, when Obi comes full in in the second half of the season, like. Because they make him in the first half of the season, they make him seem like this demigod. Yeah. And then in the second half, you're like, oh, he's just a pyramid scheming scumbag. Right. And then by the time you, by the time we meet, we finally meet David Paymer. Yeah. Uh, his As rival. Bridges. What's his name? Buck Bridges. Buck Bridges. Yeah. Uh, love David Paymer. Me too. Uh, but when we finally meet them, then we all, ca- then you kind of, you, you take a step back, you're like, these are two regional heads of fam. <laughs> like I always thought that Obi owned fam. Me too. And then by the time by the end of the season you realize that like no, he's just another cog in this like ridiculous in the upline. uh ridiculous pyramid scheme. Totally. He's not the top. No. There's always somebody above him. Yeah. So there's eventually there's going to be a head head of fam. We're going to meet him. That I her. hope Kirsten Dunst is going to go yeah. after in the final season. Me too. So I don't know. I fully recommend the show if you haven't started it. It's so bonkers, but it's worth it. Did you notice that the the mom of the little cellist girl that gets kidnapped, not kidnapped, but like oh, goes back yeah, with yeah, the yeah, father? Yeah, yeah. Do you notice that actress is? I recognized her, but I didn't pull her she name. She plays the love interest to Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. And I would imagine she will be in She the is. New... They did announce that she's coming back for there the sequel. Go. Coming See, to number two. There you go. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, David Paymer played a mob boss in a TV show that was filmed in my hometown. What was it called? Line of Fire. I don't think I ever it saw it. It was a one season, one season show with him and Anson Mount. Whoa. And they filmed it in my hometown. Nice. And uh, I wasn't on it, but, ah, my, it. but one of my acting coaches uh, in high school like, had, had like a bit role in a couple nice. episodes. Love it. Uh, yeah, they canceled it. Uh, uh, okay, so I've talked about the deuce like six times in this episode already. This was the penultimate episode of the series. Was this past Monday? Oh yeah, because yeah, this is the final season, dude. I mean, it's David Simon. It's not going to end nice for anybody. Tell you no. that much because it hasn't ended nice for and, anybody yet. And those penultimate episodes of David Simon shows are always holy like, holy shit, the dude! Stuff goes down. I gasped in the last scene. Like it was crazy. I've never seen. I'm like, I don't want to spoil anything. So I've never seen how they pull off a death quite like how they did it in this. Oh, wow. And listen, man, it, The Deuce is a dirty, dirty show. And, you know, I, I don't I, – I, I guess I just can't – I can't recommend this highly enough. You know, Maggie Gyllenhaal, who is the standout performer in this, 100 percent, the one that you care for most in yeah. this show is Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. She was nominated for one Golden Globe. That was in 2018. Uh, best performance by an actress in a television series, drama The Deuce. So it had been for the 2017 season of The Deuce, 2018 Golden Globes, whatever the case may be. She deserves – I don't know if she deserves to win per se, but she definitely deserves to be nominated again. Yeah. She is great. She really, really is. And what they're going to – how they're going to end her storyline is I, – I think is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I hate, to, I, br- think. I hate to break it to you, but they're not going to win. Gonna be happy. No, oh, no. No, no never going to win. Because the Academy, for whatever re- weird reason, hates David Simon shows. Hates them. Like – the Wire, I, think I don't think, was ever even nominated. No, they never were. Treme, same thing. Treme was like completely ignored for Tremay the most part. Treme was so underrated, and, too. And uh, Generation Kill, completely ignored. Great one. Uh, so I, I don't know what it is about David Simon stuff that just turns them off. Yeah. But they just – they either don't – they're not exposed to it or – there's just or they just really don't like him. I, mean, you, I don't know what it is. You know HBO doesn't like it when they air it on a Monday. Well, that's true. But hey, Chernobyl was on Monday. That like, is true. Like they've had some hit Monday shows Shorts, lately. I forgot about that. They've yeah. had some hit Monday shows. But okay. yes, I do think the the deuce is on a Monday because they're not giving it the prestige time slot. They're not giving it post Watchmen. Agreed. Because like next week Silicon Valley comes out. Post Watchmen mm-hmm. and the premiere of Mrs. Fletcher with uh, oh, Catherine Hahn, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's like a li- that. that's a limited half hour series. You don't see that that often. No, limited half hour. Um, Six episodes. We think? I think it's eight. Eight. I think it's okay. eight. It's based on a on a novel. Yeah. Uh, oh, it is. Okay. And so I, I'm looking forward to it. I love yeah, Catherine Hahn. Me too. I, I will say this: of all the junkets I've been lucky enough to do uh, working here, or schmoes or whatever, she is top five. For yeah. Me. She was the coolest, the sweetest. Um, it was for uh, and not even a funny movie, really. The D Train. I interviewed Jack Black and James Marsden, and then I went and inter- interviewed Catherine Hahn, and she was just the coolest. She was awesome. And she remembered me from like a screening two years earlier. She's like, we've met before. And I was like, yeah, we have. It was brief. I was with so-and-so. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Oh, awesome. She's really cool. But I look for that. Uh, I watched This Is Us last night. I had trouble falling asleep afterwards because I, was, I got so emotional at the end with that ice cream. I haven't been emotional with This Is Us all season. Until that. This episode changed it for me. Me too. Uh, props to Milo for directing this episode. Did he direct it? I didn't this see it. This was that. his directorial debut. No shit. And I was reading a thing with the producers, uh, a Q&A with the producers after, after the fact. They said okay. that he 
they they were praising him as a director. They said that he storyboarded the bird scene uh, completely, wow. and that ninety percent of it was a real uh, live bird, and uh, they only a few shots were CGI. Uh, that they said that he was a dream. Like we got to the editing room, we had everything we needed. Everything was choreographed perfectly. He even designed the logo for the hockey team. No shit. Uh, so like like drew it Bradford. out on a napkin or whatever. Yeah. So uh, props to him. Yeah. Great episode. Really well plotted. Um, really kind of pulled at the heartstrings and and yeah. set up set up quite the mystery for this season. Was not seeing that was not seeing that mystery uh, twist at the end there. I don't want to give anything away. Amanda even said to me, she's like, well, what's that, what's that about? Why did they say that? And I was like, it's in one of those This Is Us mysteries. Yeah. It's, it's setting it up for the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as soon as it happens, like, oh, uh, Amanda turns to me, she goes, oh, I know what that's going to be. And I, I could, she could be wrong, but like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I think it might be a little, a little bit of that, too. So mm. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be a rough reveal. My biggest question Think that my my biggest question is uh, you, you, we know you guys aren't watching at home, so with that we're just there, miming, we're just <laughs> we're miming, miming ideas to each other. Yeah. They're getting progressively worse. Yes, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my biggest question is: Does the whole family know what happened, or is it a secret between Kate and her mom? And I don't know. I don't know if it's something that the brothers know or. If the brothers know, Toby doesn't know. But I think the bigger the bigger drama is going to come out of someone in the family finding out for the first time. Kevin doesn't like her, like him. Yeah, I think Kevin knows, and maybe they didn't tell Randall because Randall can't handle that kind of stuff. That's quite possible, right? It's quite possible. And then, and is that a catalyst that brings Randall's anxiety back to the forefront because he's ignoring uh, treat? I don't know. I, this was I've been iffy on the season. Like I'm excited about it. But I didn't know where they were going with mm-hmm. all these different storylines. This this episode pulled me back in in the best This Is Us way possible. After this episode, do we think that the kid and the mom are going to be Kevin's love interests? Or do we think that he's going to get, bring them back together and that's going to be like a catalyst for him getting his life back on track and meeting somebody else? I feel like I, I feel like he's going to do the right thing and, you know, maybe drive off – Happy in the RV mm-hmm. for like you know to live his life again, right? Because we do see at the end of the, at, at the end of the day, like in the flash, excuse me, <clears throat> at the end of the day in the flash forward, uh, you know he's got a very nice house, he's oh, yeah. settled down. He, there's a child in the photos. Like we know he settles down eventually, right? And we know that he has success more so, even more so than than he already has had, right? So my guess is that this is this is the step. On his journey to get him back on track. Right. So if he can – now, the bigger question, he's trying to save two people right now. Right. We know Nikki ends up in the in the flash forward. Right. Does he only get to save one? Yeah. Like is he, is he trying to save two people and maybe only one of them gets saved? Mm. I don't know. Man. We've got all these – this is us. There's so many mysteries. Good. So many mysteries. So many mysteries. Uh, happier times, always sunny. OK. <laughs> this episode – I texted you. Uh, wait, remind me which episode we're talking about. We are talking. It's about, not D Day. It was the no, one after no, that. It was the one after that, which is him. It's like the Stockholm syndrome, where he's feeding that guy blue memories. There's nothing on this menu with blue on it. It's, did I miss an episode of Always Sunny? I didn't. Did one not record? They're, uh, you know, like they're getting. 
Frank almost dies at the beginning because he's choking. I haven't no. seen this one yet. You haven't seen it? No, it didn't record on my DVR. Dude. Oh, my I don't think goodness. it recorded on my DVR. Uh, so I'm an episode behind. Okay. Maybe this isn't the one I didn't text you about. <sighs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm looking at the episode title right now, and I totally missed an episode. Um. And then there's a new one tonight, so I got I've, I've got double sunnies uh, to take care of, but yeah. but that's fine. That just means I get to watch two hour, an hour of sunny. Let me know what you so think. So that that makes me happy. Correct. And no, you didn't text me, and you're a jerk for yeah, not my bad. For not my texting. Bad, my bad. How's the Walking Dead so far? Are people dying? I, I Are they walking know. still? I don't know if I like this. I, I <laughs> they they sucked you back in, and now you're regretting the decision. That's it, man. I like they uh, just when I thought it. Was, yeah, I was like, okay. Well, I will tell you this: this was the scariest episode of The Walking Dead because had a lot of jump scares because Carol's not sleeping and she's seeing things. Oh no! Oh, well, it's Halloween, like Halloween time. I woke up, Amanda, because I screamed, uh, and then <laughs> ah! uh, 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 I don't think I'm liking this season that much. Yeah. I really don't. I'd I, say I'm sorry, but I don't feel any sorry no, sorrow no. for you because yeah. you, you're the one that went back to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And finally, we talked about minds a bunch already, but yeah, I, yeah, I can't wait to see. Last night. You haven't seen last night's. I did. Uh, it's great. Yeah. And th- I wish they hadn't put the reveal in the trailer. Mm-hmm. If you watched the trailer for this week's episode, you saw uh, you saw Classic something. Son's character. You saw someone return, and I wish they hadn't done it because I remembered that moment about twenty seconds before I started hit play on the mm-hmm. DVRs. I was just waiting for that to pop back in. Uh, so I wish that that surprise had kind of been saved. Yeah. And because of it, I didn't watch the preview for next week's. Smart. Because I don't want any more, like, I'm going to watch. I don't I, need to watch the preview. Crazy enough, I come out of Collider Live today and I legitimately opened the door and ran right into Kim Coates. And I was like, whoa, what's going on, man? I was like, Jesus. I was like, I loved you in Sons. He's like, ah, oh, what a great seven years that show was. I was like, are we ever see you in Mayans? He's like, never say never. So hey, might it could Tig happen some, at some point. It in, could be happen. I do. Lo- I do love Tig. Me too. And and I, I I've really grown to love the Mayans version of Tig, which is Coco. Yes, Coco is the like best. Coco. Coco for me started off as a, as as too much of a joke. Yeah. But then the arc that they gave Coco with his daughter last season, awesome, sold me on that ca- yeah. character. He is great. What he just kills people. Like what? Uh, I love my, bad. my bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. My <laughs> bad. Uh, okay, so a couple hypothetical questions, or just one. Yeah, um, just just let's just do one. Just do one. Uh, if you were accidentally cloned, <laughs> this this goes into the Paul Rudd uh, show into. Oh, living, not living not, with not Gemini Man. Not Gemini Man. Okay, unfortunately, living with yourself. Uh, so if you were clone accidentally cloned, like you would have been living with yourself, what shows would you make your clone watch that you just can't? I'll give you three. Okay. Uh, I would say like I'd make my clone watch all the DC t- TV shows. Okay, you stole mine because and I- just and just like catch me up on everything. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. like give me the cliff notes. Tell me what I need need to know so that I can like fall back into them. Sure, I think I might give you like all of the Chicago shows, <laughs> Med, PD, and Fire. Did you see the crossover preview? I the crossover preview looked so good. Multiple times, Amanda turned to me and said. I kind of want to watch that, and I was like, I kind of do too, but I don't want to record it out of, out of like out of spite. Out if of spite. I had been home on a Wednesday night and didn't have anything else in the DVR, I would have watched it live. I'd also make my clone watch Reef Break just to see what the show was like. <laughs> I watched ten minutes of Reef Break, and I can't tell you what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I uh, I really kind of wanted to watch the the Chicago crossover. A flesh eating bacteria to tailgate. Yeah, it's a terrorist attack. It's an outbreak. Like. 
Firemen PD. They put a lot of money into it. It totally. looked like I don't know. Like if anyone at home, like hit us on Twitter if you watched it, enjoyed it. Like if any, if this was any season to bring in the Chicago law into the universe, and oh, it was too the, bad. The no, no, law already failed. I know. Yeah, but, I know. But this would have been the one. Yeah, it's like we're gonna bring him. We're gonna. Persecute, prosecute. Well, because then they cross over with SU, SVU because the, the the lawyer on law moved over to SVU oh. and di- and was the ADA on SVU for a season. Dang, what's up? And uh, so they're all in the same universe. But now – and Dick Wolf's also doing FBI. He it, is. Uh, like I turned, I I turned off the, my DVR. Do you ever think that Dick? Never mind. I'm not going to Dick Wolf. I was going to make a Dick Wolf joke. I was going to make a Dick Wolf joke, but I'm not going to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I turned off. I turned off the DVR, and FBI was on, and uh, and Mandy and I looked at the TV. We were like, is that Jeremy Sisto? <laughs> what shows Jeremy Sisto in this season? I'm like, oh, it's FBI. It's on season two. Didn't know. No idea. Sp- we had a co- sp- this is completely S- off topic. Totally Sisto. No, we had a conversation a couple years, uh, a couple weeks ago about he's the white Cisco about uh, <laughs> Enter the Dragon mm-hmm. uh, about he's more of a granny painting doing than a guy. the Arrow guy joining another TV show right and about how like he should take a break. Mm-hmm. I was driving on the radio. They driving on the radio. I was driving on the radio. Uh, it, 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 it's an offshoot of TV on the radio, which oh, is a great band. Fantastic. Uh, driving on the radio, I was hanging out with them backstage <laughs> and. I uh, heard an interview with David Boreanaz. Okay. Bounce. He has been on network television every season since Buffy. Get the hell out of here. He moved from Buffy to Angel, from Angel to Bones, and now he's on SWAT. What? Yeah. Crazy, right? Like every oh – like God. he's just a workhorse. He's a workhorse. And he's making a ton of money doing it. <sighs> You're not but kidding. But like – I mean just – Good Think of that, like twenty some episodes, and th- and those were all like twenty episode orders. Everything he, d- I mean, he is he is on t- he is shooting a TV show for ten months a year, ten months a year, and and he wasn't in the pilot. The pilot for SWAT was he said the name, and it was it was like oh, Jerry O'Connell. A- no, it was like he's a cool guy. Like I, I they named they- David Blaine, or not David, uh, uh, Billy Zane, because mm. he's a really cool guy. Uh, it was. Oh come on, come on! Help me. Who who was it uh, in the pilot? Who was in the pilot? Oh come on! It's gonna kill me. Um, Jim Caviezel. Oh, it was Jim Caviezel from pa- uh, and and Person of Interest, Person which of was interest. a great show on from CBS. What I understand, uh, very good show. But uh, yeah, he replaced uh, Jim Caviezel in the pilot. Man, I'll tell you what, Boreanaz Bones. I used to see him. Um, he played in a roller hockey league that I used to play in when I first moved here. Okay. And he's a big Philadelphia uh, Flyers guy. And Tanner, my buddy Tanner, uh, who you know, who's currently crushing it in a Liberty Mutual commercial, he is – Liberty, 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 Liberty. Um, he – whenever they have a hockey uh, – thing in a show or a movie, Tanner gets the call because he he played professional hockey yeah. in like the ECHL, I think, or AHL, one of those. Uh, and so they need actors who are hockey players. Was he on This Is Us? He was on This Is Us. Really? Yeah. I think he was just on this episode. Like in, that, in the hockey scene? Yeah. because Like like, like, like they needed the whole team to play. They need a play. whole team and they need like some people that know what to do when you're playing hockey. Right. So he was on it. Like anytime – and he's, Bones always does a hockey episode once a season. Interesting. Or at least they did. Yeah. And I'm sure Swat's going to do it if Bordonis has his way. Oh, is he a hockey guy? So he's a hockey guy. Hockey, so then... Bordonis plays and then they always get a bunch of the hockey guys because he plays in a league with Bordonis. Huh. There's like a the, – it's called the – 
I don't know what the actual name of it, but everybody calls it the Bruckheimer League because Gary Bruckheimer loves hockey. He's terrible. Nobody will hit him or anything like that. Plus, he's really old now. He uh, is really but old. But Jerry Bruckheimer has recruited all these people around Hollywood, and it's Bruckheimer, to come play in his hockey league. And so Tanner got invited. He was like, "That was I got the, the up. You know, yeah. I got like I got called up to the majors to join the Bruckheimer League. Bones is in it. Uh, and so like they met playing. Anytime he does it, Bones is like, I'm calling my actor hockey buddies, put them in the show. They get paid a SAG day rate to just be hockey players. That's a cool gig. Pretty cool gig. That's a pretty Pretty cool gig. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 Friggin', friggin' Boreanaz. Boreanaz yeah, he, he was a recurring character on the first season of Buffy, then became a main actor for two seasons, and then Angel started his spinoff show. Right, from Buffy. Uh, we, we did, he did 110 episodes on Angel. Oh, the Angel, he did 110. Yeah. And then, and, and, and then with the recurring stuff and popping back and forth, did 57 of Buffy. Holy Then geez. he did 246 episodes of Bones. Oh my god. And he's been on and and he's he's in SEAL team uh and he's directed you SEAL know, team not SWAT. Sorry, he's on SEAL team. Okay, I said sorry. SWAT yeah. and that was a mistake. SWAT okay. is the guy from uh from Criminal Minds. Yes. That moved over to his own show. Okay. Uh, and I'm blanking on his name. O'Donnell. No, 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 no. It's the, the bald guy. Yeah, it's the yeah. bald guy. And yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Shamar Moore. There you go. And uh, yeah, and he's directed a ton of episodes of all the shows. Uh, it's 246 yeah. episodes of Bones. Of Bones. And you know how many I saw? Zero. 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 That was a, that Is show that was the a, one with uh, Zoe Deschanel's sister. Yes. 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 You know how I know I've not seen an episode of Bones, but I know about Bones. Is they were recording an episode, like they were filming an episode of Bones at the old John Lovitz Comedy Club. Yeah. And that's where we used to do the Schmoes No show was at John Lovitz. And then Schmoes No would go into Three's Too Much with Justine, Mark, and myself. Yes. And they were filming the episode of Bones. And I got on the elevator and Boreana sticks his arm in to stop the elevator. I stopped it for him. He gets on the elevator with Zoe Deschanel's sister. Emily. Emily. Emily Deschanel. Yeah. And he had a Philadelphia Flyers shirt on. And I was like, go Pens. And he was like, ugh. <laughs> and we like had an exchange real quick about hockey. And then we walked out. And, and they were like – you know, uh, hope you watch Bones or <laughs> something. Somebody said something or like I think Justine said like I love Bones or something like that. That sounds like Justine. And uh, yeah, that was like my only interaction with Bones. Yeah, I uh, I bumped into Emily Deschanel and her father at the Lion King premiere because Caleb Deschanel is a very famous cinematographer. Right. He, he was actually the DP on Lion King of the the most recent, like Lion of King. the live act of the quote unquote live action version. No he he crafted it, but he was but he was the cinematographer of on Bones. No, the original Twin Peaks. Oh shit! Like way back when, and Zoe and maybe I think Zoe made a cameo as a little kid. Okay, and his wife played a character on the original show. Gotcha. Uh, as like a mom of somebody. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, like I I saw Emily and then I was like, uh, no no no, I want to talk to Caleb for <laughs> yeah, right. for for a second because you're an awesome DP. Yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bones, two hundred forty six episodes. Unbelievable. See, that's the kind of stuff you guys get on Collider TV Talk. It's those deep cuts. Uh, special thanks to Kim Coates for talking outside of our door. We should I should have run out and be like, come in to TV Talk for five minutes, but I'm sure he was getting drug other places here to promote a movie. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm Josh McCuga at Josh McCuga. That's Dad Williams at Dad Williams. Twitter, Instagram. Roxy Stryer, who's usually here. Roxy Stryer on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys for listening to Collider TV Talk. Subscribe to the channel. Check out all the awesome stuff that we have on Collider Video, on the main YouTube channel, on Collider Live, Collider Sports, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and check out Collider Rumor Mill live every single Wednesday, 2 p.m. PST, on the Collider Video Twitter feed. Uh, I'm the host of it. It's a lot of fun, and Thad uh, is the producer of it, so we also have a good time on that show as well. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Listen to whatever. You know what I mean. I'll put down the book. Pick up the remote. <laughs> <laughs> Napa know-how. 
This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.